you are listening to the empowering indian expats podcast if you are in india and living abroad feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories this is your host ehsan ali a long time it professional living in sydney australia who has made it his mission to find and unpack the stories strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring indian experts to help you and i reach our full potential today's guest is an inspiring woman whose journey of transformation from getting redundant at her job to becoming a best selling author and an award winning career coach in a very short period is worth listening to the story of shilpa kulshastra is on the empowering indian experts podcast how she broke out of mediocrity trap what resources she leaned into what new skills she needed to acquire to succeed in business how she dealt with doubts and fears in building a business from scratch with no experience and today how she makes her clients create extraordinary results let's talk to shilpa to get the answers for all these questions and more Welcome to the show Shilpa. Absolute pleasure Ehsan. Very very excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking your time out. I have seen your journey from corporate career to now a very well accomplished career transformation coach. So we are going to unpack your story uh, today on this show. Let's do it. So to start with what's the most happening thing in your life and career right now? I I think it is about it is transforming lives that's the most happening thing and i'm sure that it will stay the same for the you know next few years to come the scale the impact will change but i think changing lives transforming lives that that's fantastic i understand you were in project management in it working with one of the large banks and then you had redundancy and within 5 months you had to find another job but rather than getting a job you chose to start your own business 16 years of career in the corporate so worked with the likes of tech mahindra deloitte few startups best pack and i would say the journey was going good and every now and then i would have glimpses of these 4 am thoughts where i would feel what is my identity mm-hmm. yes i'm working i have been working for so many years but what am i actually creating who am i you know that who am i question would come and you know haunt me every now and then so two years back uh, when i was working with westpac i was leading an initiative uh, of uh, rolling out a new operating model and that was the time i was rolling on this model and i was working on everything what changes will be there in the structure what people will move from where to where who will be the people who would leave the organization and all that and in the last minute on the day of the rollout and i was excitedly like oh it's coming out and people are asking me and i'm the person who's leading it all comes a surprise that my manager had set up a meeting with me early at i think 9 am in the morning which she never does and i went into the room and she started talking to me she said you know what changes are happening and i'm like oh, she wants to talk about something before we actually announce it to the outer world and she kept saying and i was like kind of laughing because i had written all that script myself what the managers will say to the employees that are moving out 
And she says, and I'm talking to you because you are one of the impacted employees. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God. And I wouldn't lie for few seconds. It was like, oh my God, my baby of nine months. I was in that project for nine months. I was leading it, just came and ate me. But the next question I asked was, how much money do I get? So it took me 30 seconds because it was a blow. I wasn't expecting it. But immediately it gave me a hope about something. I don't know what it was, but I was like, this is the opportunity. And I just started working on it in those 30 seconds. So left the organization. And I was very well aware of the fact, Esan, that redundancy, layoffs, they just don't happen by chance. They happen because we are not playing our A game. And that's why no matter how much we lie to ourselves, that's the reason. So I took that time to, you know, step back, pause, reflect upon where did I go wrong? Because I wasn't like that. I had started my career with a huge fire in the belly. I wanted to rock it. I was really good. People called me somebody with a Midas touch always in my life. Where did I lose that Midas touch? I just, you know, couldn't make out. So I landed up in Fiji at Tony Robbins private island, spent some time connecting with myself, discovering myself. Who am I? That question, I got an opportunity to actually work on it. And in the next few months, when I started learning from the best brains all around the world, I started visiting different parts of the world, learning from the best gurus, the best coaches. I hugely invested in myself. And I started seeing glimpses of this Shilpa that I had never seen. And I was, I literally kept falling in love with her because I had never seen this side of me. And that's where I realized that if I can move from where I was caught up in the game of mediocrity, I didn't know it then, but I knew now looking back, I saw what happened and how I fell into the trap of it. And I kept entertaining more of it. And that's why I say, the more you tolerate it, the more you get it. And I kept tolerating, kept welcoming more. I realized that there are people around me and I would say around 80% of the people, they are living a life of mediocrity. Not saying that there's any problem with them, just that they don't know how much they're capable of creating. So that brought my mission of helping people pull out from that mediocre zone, that average game, provided they realize that, help them out and put them into the excellent zone. So this brought, my, brought out my mission and today I'm coaching people uh, to, you know, to make that transition. I understand. I got that. I think I got two things from here, Shilpa. One is, uh, and I appreciate uh, you sharing that vulnerability, that when the redundancy happens, uh, most people would think, oh, that's injustice and corporations are all about uh, letting people go and making more money or saving money or whatever. Uh, very few people uh, uh, take that time to introspect and ask themselves, like, was I really playing the best game or A game, as you said? That really... It's a powerful uh, thinking for a lot of people who go through redundancy. And you use this as a waking up call or a blessing in disguise moment where you said, okay, now let me figure out what best I can do. And good thing I heard is you were at that point in time investing in talking to people and brains who were much ahead of you. And that's when you started to see the uh, strength in yourself because you were sitting with people who were talking about playing a game and you got a lot of different ideas that we do not get in a four wall under the corporate uh, umbrella. Yes. 
So, and from there, because you got that benefit, you thought, why not I transfer this benefit to rest of uh, my people? And as you said, 80% people are living a mediocre life. So that's you. That's how you decided to become a coach, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So easier said than done. In the last two years, you would have gone through uh, a lot of ups and downs. Building a business is very different from having an idea and getting excited about it. So in the early days, I remember Kapil, your husband was already away from job for about a year and he was already building his uh, uh, career into a career transformation coach. Tell me about those early days of uh, that vulnerability, the fear, the financial challenges and all of those things. Absolutely. And no matter how shiny, how good it looks today, it wasn't like that. And I'm sure it is not like that. Nobody's an overnight success. So I talked about the day when I moved out of Westpac. That day, I remember I was really excited. Today is my last day. And I moved out of, as I came out of those turnstiles, I came out and I was really excited. I was as if I'm going to conquer this world. But by the moment, by the time I reached my home, my knees were already falling me. I was already feeling, I didn't know what to do, right? So then it started our journey. So as you said, my husband couple was already in this coaching uh, career for almost 10 months or so. And it hadn't been a good year. It hadn't been a good year. In the entire year, he had made only $17,000, which is a huge fall from what we were earning earlier. And now here comes my redundancy. Here comes me also jumping into business. So the biggest uncertainty that you can, you can see. And I would say business is a totally different ballgame from corporate. You have been in the corporate, you have sold on behalf of the company, you have been into business development. But when you stand there in the market and you say, I'm here to serve you, pay me. That's saying that pay me, even the small thing like, can you pay me? Your voice is feeble. Getting the strength in that voice, it's a, it's a journey. And I would say that even if you can create the results, it takes time. The biggest challenge that I faced was not knowing how to sell. So you know how to deliver. You have been in the project space. You know how to create results. You're committed, you're dedicated, but it just doesn't take you through. You need to be able to sell. And I think that's the biggest struggle. So we were reduced to a point where we would go around in our backyard. We would, we would be spending nights. And I can literally, as I'm speaking to you, I can see the backyard. We would just walk in the nights, look at the moon, and we would think about what, what else can we do? What else can we do? And our funds, we were eating into our savings. Some unfortunate things happened along the way. And we were reduced to a point where there were only $563 left in the bank. Having two teenage daughters, we both in business, no source of income. That was the point that we were reduced to. Why? Because one, we had nobody to guide us because we were like, okay, this is the money that we have. We have to secure it to pay for the next month's grocery. Uh, so there was no question of investment. We couldn't afford it. And that was the biggest mistake that we were doing. Anyway, I went to this one day free event in Sydney. I was like, um, this seems good. Maybe we should invest in that. But where do we invest? Like we don't have any money. So I called up Kapil, my husband, and I asked him, should we go for it? And he said, you know, we can't afford. And I said, yeah, you're right. And I kept it down. And in the midday, I again called him and I said, I, you know what, I feel this would be great. And again, all the realistic things came into picture. And by the evening, I had used my credit card to pay for a $15,000 training. That was my first coach. And what was the training about? 
So this was about uh, how to make your business big, how to you know grow it from being average to taking the business to new heights. So this got into that training and I would say that was a game changer for us. It just started changing the things. And at that point, when I used my credit card to pay it, I didn't know how will I pay for this credit card. But then everything changed, took loan from, from a friend. We, we took a big loan. If I tell you the amount, you'll be surprised. But we said, we are here. We are going to make this happen. And worked over the few months, learned the sales skills, learned whatever were the gaps. Because who we were at that point of time, honestly, Ehsan couldn't have made it to this point if we were the same person. So we had to become the person who was capable of having a business that is generating $700,000 a year. And we were not. So that realization, taking steps for it, filling the gaps, taking the right guide, the right coach for us, I think those were the things that changed and really made our dreams, made us meet our dreams. I get that. Now, coming from Indian background, coaching is not something seen as a vital aspect of our life. So it's like a multivitamin. It's not really aspirin, which really helps us solve our problem immediately. That doesn't really take away the pain. So I'm pretty sure it was the same case for you. You also were not aware of the value and power of coaching. So do you want to put a little bit of insight into why coaching and why as a big uh, uh, Indian community, uh, we don't really realize that's an aspect that we should all utilize. Yeah, because we Indians are into that tendency. We are coming from that middle class mentality and I'm from a lower middle class family. And I know how saving was ingrained in my brain. And that was the biggest mistake I was doing. Nothing comes by saving. It is about investing and investing in the right things, right? So I'm a coach myself. I have a coach. 2018, I started having a coach and I have never even for a day stayed without a coach. And my coach has his coach. So that's how it works. People who have seen what magic coaching can do to them, they are the people who would never stay without the coach. So a coach is a dedicated person who is more dedicated to your dreams than you can ever imagine. How wonderful it is. It is like a life manager dedicated to us. What you want to achieve, put it in front of him. And both of you figure out the strategy and take the steps. And the coach is literally holding your hand in terms of the mindset. It goes up and down. It does. We are all humans. In terms of the strategy, sometimes we know we have to get there, but we don't know how. So the coach helps you break it down into logical steps so that you can keep moving and reach there, meet your dreams, as I said. So having a coach is the biggest jump to a uh, fast lane. Yes, you will make your own set of mistakes, but at least you will not make the one which your coach did. And that itself cuts short your journey by, I would say, at least 10 to 15 times. Right. Because I think everything is everything can be replenished. Your money can be replenished. Everything can be replenished, but not your time. Definitely, definitely. So let's took uh, two scenarios, Shilpa. So one is, say, I am somebody who's feeling stuck in my career and I want to take it to the next stage. And I'm trying on my own. I'm checking out on Google. I'm talking to different people, but I'm not sure how to take it to the next level. So I thought, okay, I need help and I'm willing to invest. I need a coach. What do I do? You know, how do I really find the right coach who can take me to the next step? Should it be somebody who has a very strong career or coach does not need to have similar career as mine? 
Right, that's a very good question, Aizan. I would say, I would go by the results that the coach has produced. Not everyone who had a great career can be a good coach, and but a person who has created results and the person with whom you align, and I'm a highly intuitive person, and I'm sure everybody calls them or at least feel that they are very intuitive. So when you feel that you align with a person, your value system is the same, your way of thinking, and you can just, you know, what they say it touches chords with you and you feel he or she is the right person, go with them. It doesn't matter. Me, he, she, doesn't matter. Just have a coach because once you get a coach, it's not the right coach or the wrong coach. It is once you get a coach and you decide to make it work for your life, it will happen. That's what I would say. So go for somebody who has created results. Go for somebody uh, whose value aligns with you and whose experiences are similar to you because that person knows the pains, that person knows what you, you are going through and that person can lift you into a zone that you want to go to. I see. And I was thinking of the second scenario is you want to move away from your career and start a business of your own. So it's the same thinking applies. Find out somebody who's got results for people in similar circumstances. Absolutely. So I see a lot of coaches, like the social media is full of coaches as of now, you have to just see who has created for themselves. Somebody who has not done it for themselves, they will never be able to do it for you. That I can uh -huh. assure. And I've gone through that bitter path as well uh, because I do a lot of experimentation. It is very clear. Somebody who has done it and who has produced results with other people because there are some people who can do it for themselves, but it is difficult for them to create the similar results for other people. So somebody who has done it themselves and who has created similar results, they are the best people and the rest depends upon the other factors that I mentioned. Go to somebody who is not shy of speaking about their failures as well as the successes, right? So because everybody experiments, everybody exposes themselves to a different thing. So failures are part of everybody's life. So people who are not scared of talking about failures because that's what brings them closer to success. Now it happens that they won't be able to share the name of the clients. And I'm talking about my world. I deal with senior corporate folks and it is not right for me to disclose their names but I do put client stories there would be other coaches that would be putting it and when I put the client stories those people come and ask me was it my story and I feel really great about my authenticity and you can make out when people put the client stories they make sense you see the transition secondly look at the testimonials I think social media makes it very easy for these kind of things and that's why I say LinkedIn is um, the most authentic place that I have ever seen. Websites can lie, but not LinkedIn because they are real people. They are real designation, real faces, and real results. So if that helps, um, yeah, you know, definitely this is helps. what I would recommend. Yeah, so let's build a coaching career with you in this conversation. So you've already gone through that. Early days, you said uh, you did not know how to sell, but you also did not have the skill of coaching because you were not a coach. You were a project manager. So now let's look at uh, building a uh, career as a coach. Uh, what's our you know, first step and the second step and third step now that you have done the mistakes as well and what has worked, what has not worked? Right. So firstly, you should check what is it that appeals to you? Does the word impact even appeal to you? And you might feel because Esan, you are in the same space and for you, impact carries a bigger meaning as it carries for me. But there are people for whom they say that first, I want to take control of my life only. I don't want to worry about impact at this stage. 
I would say coaching is a no-no in that case. I wouldn't even suggest to those people because yes, they are right. They have to take care of their life first and then whatever comes as a result of it. So firstly, do you want to make an impact? How big an impact? Do you, are you coming from the tendency to give? Are you a giver? So my biggest conflict uh, of value happens with the people who are not givers. I'm just not made like that. So whether you are a giver, because as a coach, what I recommend is never hold information, share as much, as much as you can. If somebody that with that is in fact what touches chords with the people and more audience will come to you and if it even if they don't come to you you are in some way giving it away to the people and it will benefit the people right so you need to be a massive giver and uh, i would say sales skills and all that that can be built up that if i can do it up. anybody can do it yeah anybody i think it's more the value alignment the the giver mentality it is about enabling growth how do you see growth do you feel competition with the people around you or do you love growth so if i take an example of my own life i always loved enabling growth and that was my strength which i pulled looking back in my corporate career of 16 years people would come to my team i would love holding their hands i would love taking them up on a success path and they would keep coming back to me for more and more challenges that told me that something which i told them earlier was working right that's why they've come to me with a new challenge so i just loved it i never felt competition was a problem for me so if you love growth and you don't feel threatened by it you, and you, you love growth even more when you are part of that enablement I think that is the thing so, for you. First is definitely finding a value alignment. And of course, somebody who thinks about becoming a coach, the starting point is there must be a little bit of feeling about helping others. And that's why the person is thinking. Now the next step. Right. And the second thing is to start getting idea about your niche. So there are three things that I say. One is, have you done it for yourself? You really cannot give it to people if you haven't done it in your life. Secondly, do you see yourself giving that to people and still that giving you juices for another 10, 15 years. If that's if the first two are yes, then the third thing, do you see people paying you for that? And the third one is a very important question because most of the people, they get really excited, they get really passionate and jump into something which doesn't have a financial model in place. So all the three things are important based on that, figure out a niche okay. for yourself. Can you share your story with these three elements? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, enabling growth, fast track career. So I was somebody who had, despite what I felt, I had somebody who had quick promotions, who was doing well in the corporate, very well looked at. So from my own experience, I knew what it takes to get fast promotions. I knew what it takes to create relationships. I knew what mistakes I did in terms of not having a sponsor when I didn't get promoted. Whereas having a sponsor when I got promoted without any, any discussion at all, just promoted. So all those learnings in the corporate space, I think that came handy for me to help people fast track their careers. And because I got into this mediocrity trap around my midlife, I know it happens with most people because at that point, people have had the money, they've had the designation, they have worked in the corporate, they had the experience, but they are now starting to think what next? Can I do something more concrete? Which was the same question that I asked. And then it is a matter of, and most of the people get stuck there and they can very well stay like that until retirement because there's no survival issue. But if they can be pulled out of it, they can do wonders. So this is coming right from my own experience. This is something that I had done for myself. Second question, 
do you see yourself doing it for others for the next 10 10 to 15 years very well i'm so passionate about it you would have seen me on linkedin murdering mediocrity even the murder word is a very it is a very ruthless word but i feel so strongly about it because it feels as if someone had given me a numbness injection in the last 5 years of my life when i came out of my corporate job there was no big success that i could flaunt but the worst part was asan i had no big failure as well it had been just a curve i had not experienced the highs not experienced the lows how many people around us if you see live that life and can i do something to help them experience those highs create extraordinary results in their career yes i can so that answers the second question third will people pay for it definitely they will pay for it because the results that they will get as a result of it will be multi times the investment that they make in me and the results have proved proved it that people have got 18 180000 increase in the salary over a period of you know just 3 4 months people have got jobs in as small as 3 3 weeks people have made career transitions with more than 100% increase in the salary people have opened side businesses along with what they are doing along with the jobs and everything so when you get into the excellence zone anything gets possible and you know yes people will pay for it hope that answers that question but i've got a little bit uh, more questions around here so did you have to go through uh, developing any skills or that was sufficient in your mind to tell people that i can help you create an extraordinary career when you yourself are feeling like okay i did reasonably well how can i tell somebody that i can help you create extraordinary career did you have those kind of feeling and doubts at that third point in time see initially when i started and as i share i mean i share a lot of times my husband was in this industry for about 10 months before me and when when i would see him look at him talking about himself he would say oh i was fired from microsoft awesome it feels great i was in depression for 5 years it feels great somebody had that problem that's where my thing came that i don't have these kind of failures i don't have these kind of successes where i went and i strike thunder and lightning because i'm not that kind of a person that's not my personality but then i i did have a steady career i did have a career where promotions came very easy no matter wherever i went in the last 5 years where i fell into that is the zone where i feel really as i said numbness injection no highs no no lows and that is when i dealt with it properly i reached a space which was nothing compared to those promotions they didn't matter they were like really small because this time i was going beyond me so what i am coaching people on if you can you know just get your life under control and if you can go beyond it that's where you create extraordinary things so part of it i wouldn't say uh, that it comes from one place in your career yes did i get promotions did i get job jumps did i walk into the jobs and i got it the very day when i walked and next day i changed it did i have a baby the day when i went to office when my younger one was born i was working to the last day of my you know pregnancy so everybody has those small small things they if they can pull out the strengths of these you know how to create extraordinary things you know what mindset you were in when you created that wonder what mindset you were in when you got part of that mediocre game failure whatever i call it a failure because i like to put extreme views on the things because that helps me decide where to go but those five years i failed 
Yes, doesn't mean that I didn't have a successful career. Was I always successful? No, but I had such strong things in my life which I could pull together and help people create those results. Yeah, makes sense. Now the question remains the same. So uh, you had a corporate career. Now you are helping others grow in their career. And of course, you can pull out um, those moments of success in your career uh, yourself. Now, how do you structure it to deliver uh, coaching? Like what kind of a skill set uh, you had to develop? Because you still would have those feelings of, I've never done this before. I really don't know how to really help people grow to the next level. I might have done in bits and pieces with my team in my corporate job, but this is business. Now somebody is going to pay for it. So what kind of a skill set you had to develop and what kind of... Uh, uh, mindset you had to develop like yep I can make it happen and I can charge for it yep. did that help so uh, my, come from coaching yeah so I would say the sales mindset came from coaching mindset well I think I have a I had a pretty good mindset from the very beginning it's just that I lost it for a few years but yes the coaching revived it and uh, I have a, a mindset of whatever it takes Regarding asking somebody for money, I would say that I didn't start with my first client wasn't somebody from whom I, char I charged. So I took two pro bonos and I created killer results with them. And just those two pro bonos were enough to tell me that I'm there. So I didn't charge because I didn't want to uh, charge less than what I thought I was worth. And secondly, I would rather do it free and Tell myself that I can do it. Can I do it is always a question that most people have in their minds. So that can I do it was fulfilled by having those two, two pro bonos who didn't have any expectation from me, but I had the highest expectation from me. So when I could transform their lives by 180 degrees, yes, there was no, I would say there was no imposter syndrome ever in my coaching career except the day when I started when I saw my husband's successes and failures and I was like holy shit I don't have any of them so that was the day and beyond that never so building your story uh, where you saw husband had a story where you did not have a story that that time you felt and uh, does coaching have a framework that you had to learn from other coaches or based on the, your life experience you started doing so I did have a framework. I mean, I did learn a framework, but the framework that I do, it just keeps changing based on the experience, based on the results that we have produced. So every three months we change our framework and it is based um, exactly on the results that we have produced for our clients, because that's the space we own. Those are the results that we own. And when you have already created it, it's tested, it's working for people, it has got them amazing results. So uh, you know, that's what we go with. And obviously we keep updating it. So again, going on the steps of becoming a, a successful coach, one is find your value alignment. The second part was, can you create result? And third part was, will they pay for it? See, we are not really uh, having those skills and thought processes while we are in jobs. So definitely having a coach uh, to learn all these aspects is important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, once like when we are talking about the coaching journey, so first is the value alignment. Second is the niche. Then the third is authority. Uh, you need to find your voice in the market. So find your voice. Initially, it starts with, I would say it's the push strategy. You need to push yourself to the market and then slowly it gets converted into a pull strategy where people are coming to you automatically. You know, so from finding your voice to becoming an authority with you're attracting the right people and then you talking to them and telling them that they, if they have a need, 
then telling them this is what I have on offer and if they want, they can decide to be part of it. If not, great. So you have done your value alignment. You have kind of found your niche. I, I, I believe finding a niche is also a process. You may or may not be right the very first time. And then you put yourself out in the market. I exist. This is who I am. And you use push a strategy, as you said, to um, let others know that you are there and this is what you do. How do you do it? A couple of examples of uh, how do you put yourself out and how do you uh, connect with people, reach out to people? How do you do that? So the, we are sitting on the biggest gold mines, the free gold mines that we have, social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, depending upon who your client avatar is. And when I, I would say, when you think about client avatar, I go to the level of how my clients walk, how do they talk, what kind of, how do they look, the emotions on their face. So when I think about my clients is having a laptop, drooping shoulder, and just walking without any emotion i i imagine them walking on the vineyard station basically and um, so have that having that client avatar right in your head and then going out to the places those social media and I, I don't mean physical places but virtual places where the audiences of the age that they have the kind of you know likes and dislikes they have where do they hang out and then pushing yourself on those markets Telling people, yes, I'm there, you know, look at me. Initially, it does start with look at me, though I would say that look at me. One thing that I really follow is that it should be completely authentic, completely authentic. And you did mention about imposter syndrome, Esan. I would say if you're going authentic, if you are there who you are in real life, there's no need to worry about anything. There's no need to hide. There's no need to boast about every, anything what you are, if you're out there, people are going to love you. Even your mistakes, they're going to love you. You don't need to be perfect. People are not looking for superheroes. There are enough superheroes in the world. You just need to be a real person whom people can connect to. So if you are present there in the outer world, if you are playing it out dirty, clean, whatever way, you know, dirty doesn't mean unethical, but you're there, you're not scared. You're just playing the rules of the game by your value system people will see through it and the right people, the like-minded people will get attracted to you. And that's where the you know pull strategy starts. So, so leverage social media, yeah. So when you started, how long uh, did you do that going out on social media and um, talking about who you are and responding to others' messages? And that's how people come to know, yeah, Shilpa exists and they go to your LinkedIn or Facebook and they say, oh, she's a career coach. She murders mediocrity. How long did you have to do that before you started to see people coming in? It's a, it's a constant process. You will start getting inquiries uh, right from three months down the line, I would say. But those inquiries, whether they, you will make money out of it, that is that I cannot promise. So you'll start getting inquiries because people are looking for help everywhere. But I would say it takes a good seven, eight months for you to really establish yourself. And after that also, you have to constantly be there. I would say, you cannot say it once the work is done. I mean, I've been there. People know me. Now I'll sit back and relax. Never in business you can sit back and relax. No matter how much people say that I want to have this financial independence. Yes, you can have time independence. But financial independence, nobody will do it for you. If you sit back and do nothing, you have to be there all the time. So the day I started, even today, and I'm very sure because I love the process, I'll be there, present available for the people who need help and will be there out at social media because if not anything, it is my own expression. And I've learned 
to start liking my voice. That's fantastic. So it takes about seven, eight months to establish. And uh, when you started, you you and Kapil together wrote a book as well. So how soon one should start writing a book or anything to create authority? If I understand right, once you are visible, you want to create authority. And that's where the book comes in. Uh, was that the best strategy? Did you do it in time or you did before time or late? Sure, sure. That's that's again a very good question because I see a lot of people making mistakes in that. So what people think is when they start, they think that I should have a I should have a book instead of handing out the uh, my card. I would give a book, which is great. It feels good in theory, but what will you write in that book? Unless you have a story, unless you have got something to share. So my first thing is what I advise my clients is first stand up on your feet. First, be so powerful, so powerful that you fall in love with yourself when you look at that mirror. Only when you are in that position, only when you have some achievements, only when you are, you know, and in corporate space also you can make an impact. Whatever impact you are making, when you see yourself in that power zone, that is the time to write a book. Book is not a mid-step to establish an authority for somebody, but even when you're not there, like why would people read your books? Why do you want to create something and dump it and not do anything about it because the story won't be great. Create a big story, your story of your life, and then go put it in. And then you can do it really quickly because writing a book is not a big deal, but then do it at the right time. But first, get strong financially and then go and write a book. And what stage did you and Kapil write the book? So it was it was at that stage. I wouldn't say we were financially where we were, but I think it's a it's an upward journey. But we had created a lot of results by that point of time when I when we learned uh, when we started writing the book. And if you know the, our book, it came out like we had we were spending some time on it for five months, one page, and it was just going in the back background. But one day we decided we we went to this Grand Cardone's um, event, and uh, their grant was saying. All those people who are writing the books, don't write it, finish it. And we came home, five days, our book was done. So that's why I say writing a book is not a, a big deal. It is important that you have the right things to go into it because by the time we had created the results, by the time we had seen our journey and we had learned so much from our own mistakes, there was enough to go into the book. Was that our last book? No, because again, it's our learnings didn't stop there. After that, again, we had so many more learnings. Probably this time of the, I mean, end of this year or early next year, it's time to write another book. And then maybe two years down the line, based on the learnings, I would say it's a constant process. So we have done our value alignment. We have kind of found our niche. We have uh, you know, worked with somebody who has done it to put ourselves out in the market. And now we have got some people connected to us. And you said it takes about seven, eight months to really be visible. And you have started to get uh, some clients and you prefer doing a pro bono so that you can take one or two people, create that result. And then from there, you set up your uh, you know, value exchange, how much you think you're worth and you start to bring in clients. Now you said in the early stage, there's a lot of push, which is you are going in the market and then it uh, becomes pull. Can you share what does it take to me pushing out in the market to becoming a person of authority where I have got the pull. And I think you have already crossed that stage. It's just one thing, results. results. Nothing speaks for, for itself other than results. No matter what you say on social media, whatever you do, one is your results. Actually, two things. One is the results. Second is your authenticity. Two things 
become your biggest reason for pulling the right people. And I've seen it in my own life. I've seen in the life of my clients, if they can maintain the authenticity and write just who they are, how they are, and not bring a different face to real life and uh, virtual life, it's a game changer for them. And second thing, and which is even more important, is the results. If you don't have results, what are you there in the market? I consider myself a failure if as a coach, I cannot produce results for the people. Let's talk a little bit of challenge uh, that we go through as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, uh, Shilpa. So as you said, when you started to put yourself out in the market, it takes seven, eight months to get really recognized. During that time, uh, what kind of challenges you guys faced uh, in terms of financials or this feeling of will we be able to make it? When we will, uh, when we will be able to kind of bring our financials to a stage where we can be comfortable? Did you have those kind of questions and worries and doubts? Oh, yes, absolutely. We had those. We would say to be reduced our insurances so that our monthly uh, expenditure reduces. We So I was talking about that point where we were left with $563 in the bank. And at that time, we said, how do we survive? Because there comes a point where in an entrepreneur's life and a lot of entrepreneurs will be able to relate to it no matter how much of a face we put to others and no matter how much we hide from our family, we have to deal with the finances. And if there's a problem with that, we are in some serious trouble. So it pushed us to a point where we had to call the bank to stop our mortgage. What is it called? It is called hardship allowance or something. We had to go for that. We drew up a wall in the middle. So we would constantly, I told you about those backyard, we would keep walking and what is it that we can do so that we can get some money so that we can sustain for a few more months. So we drew a wall in the big, in the middle of our living room so that we can give a portion of it on rent on Airbnb, uh, which was one of the best things that we did because it paid for our grocery. We would ask our daughters when they will go out with friends not to spend even $10 because we couldn't afford it. And they saw the difference that we would save $10 there, but we would buy a $10,000 course for ourselves because that was the thing that is needed. So I think um, those were the kind of learnings that we and our daughters and everybody went through. What else? What happens is most of the people they go up to a point till when they can, at a point it gets very, very difficult, extremely difficult. And you feel that now I can't do it. Now I can't do it. But that is the point. A little more you can go. That's the breaking point. What makes you guys keep going forward? You still didn't have a lot of results. You were in the early stage financially. You were finding it challenging and you had options of either we step back, get back to job or we keep going forward. Now, when you keep want to keep going forward, if you don't have clarity, if you don't have a roadmap, you would have doubts and fears. So yeah. when you did not have roadmap, you went about finding people who could give you roadmap. That's where you invested, is it? Yes, yes. So we had started the investment game very early, but some decisions went uh, didn't go very well. But that point when I said that we were left with nothing, when we were pushed to a corner, that was a time when something really, really clicked. And that was exactly what we needed. So what kept us going was the fact that we have not left our corporate jobs for this. We will not go back. And I still remember one day I was sitting and I got this. There was a time when we did contemplate going back to job when survival actually became an issue. I appeared for a few interviews and got cleared. And they, this one was with Westpac, the company that I had left two months back. And um, 
I came, I, I got a call from the person and he said that you are, this is done, no congratulations and all. I kept the phone down and I kept the phone down and my face was all red and my husband came and he said, what happened? And I was just like literally crying. I said, couple, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go back to job. And he said, don't do anything that, you're, that you don't want to do. Let's make it work. I think, again, these are few instances I remember and every instance made our mindset stronger that we need to do it. We need to do it. We had gone, you know, not that we had a fight with our family or anything, but we had gone beyond everybody's advices to jump into that. If we don't make it happen, then who else will? And one good thing that stayed with us was we take 100% responsibility for what is happening in our life. So we knew that no help is coming. We have to make it work. And, and I say that it is a game of mindset. No matter how much we underestimate, how, no matter how much we lose ourselves in strategies, processes, systems, and all that, it is always a game of mindset. So that, I think, was pretty strong, which kept us going. Shilpa, you talked about uh, some wrong investments and uh, then the right investment came. Can you give a little bit insight into what does it mean when you say right uh, investment we did and that changed our game? So I, I always feel that there was some learning from every, even when you do mistakes. But it is about, as I, as I said, it is about having somebody who has created the results for himself as opposed to somebody who has created the results for himself as well as for the other people, knowing that distinction. There are some people who can do it for themselves, but it is not easy for them to share it all with the other people. That was the time when I saw the distinction between the two. So that's why it is important to go to a coach who you feel you have a value alignment and who is a massive giver. That's the kind of person that we have to look for and whether they have greater results for others. Still, it's kind of a risk, right? You were investing in thousands of dollars in one go rather than 500, 600. You were putting like 10,000, 15,000 dollars in every course. Like well, there's, there's nothing that comes without a risk, Asan, that <clears throat> I've learned it. You have to take risk. And, you know, 10 decisions you make, six of them might go wrong, but the four that will go right, that will pull you up. And that's where people hesitate. They are, they Get, I feel that that one wrong decision that we made with due respect to the person, <clears throat> I don't know whether it was a question of capability or whether it was something else. I feel that there was a learning from there as well. And at least I learned what not to do with my clients. So yeah. it was life happens to you, for you and not to you. So if you can remember that, that Part of learning was required for me to get there. Yes, do I make learnings or failures as my way of life? No, I wouldn't want to. So uh, yes, I want I want to learn up and down. That is part of the process. But if I'm constantly failing, I need to ask, what is it that I'm missing? Yeah, you talked about mindset. Let's touch upon a little bit about money mindset here. So you were hardly having any money as a family. Uh, two teenager daughters, uh, you know, two high-paying ex-corporate uh, professionals trying to build a coaching business. How were you setting your goals of revenue monthly or quarterly or annual and how it helped or did not help? If you had to redo it, how would you do it? So initially it was about meeting the expenses and you think small initially because it was all about if we can meet our monthly expenses, that's all that we need to make. And then when we were able to meet the monthly expenses, then it was like, if only we can reach the level of salaries that we were at, that would be great. 
and when we reached that it was like awesome we have arrived and then it was like if we can do that then can we not go above and the process took us to five times the salary that we were making in the corporate you know so sometimes we put this limit and that quote where we say the only limits are those that are in our mind i think that's very much true initially you want to just go up to a certain level and then when you see that is possible you think bigger and bigger and bigger so that is exactly what happened in terms of our financial goals so once you have the momentum it becomes easy but the initial inertia i'm guessing that's where the challenge is maximum so when you were in your early stages you and couple are uh, trying to build your business to a level where it could meet that $14,000 i guess that's what couple uh, talked about when i talked to him yeah. uh, how much time did it take for you to reach that level well it took a few months after i joined when couple when couple i said in the first year it was like a total disaster when he was working but once i joined and i think that's the beauty of it the when you get similar people like minded people in the journey when the proximity is good and i think that is also another thing that has worked very well for kapil and me we have got both different energies like he is fire i'm water and it comes together in taking the right decisions i'm saying right but in taking decisions it comes handy and it took us i would say 6 uh, 7 months to get there uh once i started but in the very first year we ended up building it to taking it to uh, five times our salary that's extraordinary and that's extraordinary because i've asked you a lot of questions the intention of all these questions were first of all to get some clarity into what coaching is all about and why it's really important for uh people like us at this point in time and second is if somebody wants to build a career out of coaching you have already laid down a path and thank you for everything you have shared and the struggle and the vulnerability that's the most important part it's not easy if somebody expects that in 3 months they'll be able to transform get in a business and transform it doesn't happen that way patience is definitely important but most important is having somebody by your side who has already done it so what you cannot see the other person can see and that's where the all the doubts that i was trying to project on you uh, and the resolution i was getting it i had a coach so i was able to get a road map and then it was all about me pushing and then showing the results and keep going and keep going uh, we have come to the end of uh, the conversation couple of quick questions i would like to know who were your biggest influences in this journey of uh, transformation yeah absolutely so the biggest one is tony robbins which we can, whom we consider as our guru and again it is because of the value alignment which we had with tony when we were struggling i know i went to an event and i was able to shake hands with tony and it it gave uh, way to a massive movement in our life so much value alignment sometimes you feel with the people so much you feel that they are part of your journey even though they are not there with you physically i think that's what we got from tony and then there were other people brendan butcher brendan butchered russell branson these people and the one training that that i talked about it is ben harvey i would never forget him from authentic education and i owe a lot to ben for transforming our lives for giving us such a wonderful feedback for our book playful as well so yeah so these are some of the people who have been part of our journey and it it has been great and it is wonderful to learn from them and you have books also habit and uh, you have books certain books that have influenced you in that journey yes 
and uh, i would say my all time favorite is the magic of thinking big so anybody who wants to get started on the journey of thinking differently creating an extraordinary career extraordinary life magic of thinking big is the first book and i go through it every few months and the other one is the code of extraordinary mind by vishen lakhani yeah so those are the two books that i would say they i would highly recommend you didn't mention about your own book playful yes my own book playful obviously i don't want to make it about my own baby but very proud of it it became a best seller in india in australia and yeah a lot of people have come back to us after reading the book and we still keep getting messages about whoever reads the book so it has been great so this book contains our own life journey how our corporate career was how we pulled out the learnings from our life to create the credibility and get started and created the results so uh, yeah that's awesome last two questions for you shilpa one uh, what kind of people are the right right client for you to give them result yeah so the clients that uh, i work with they are the people in their mid career people who have worked in the corporate for at least 10 to 12 years and they are that point in life where the work is not interesting anymore it is not giving them the juices it is not keeping them happy it feels too simple or they are so busy that whatever efforts they are putting in it's not proportionate to the what they are making in the process so it is at that point where they have started questioning is that it am i capable of doing something more or they feel that they are working less than their potential it is about those people working with those people to help them get clarity about where do they want to go in life because most of the people are struggling with that where do they want to go in life and in the process beat their blockers remove the challenges and helping them step into what i call their power zone and in that power zone they can create any results that they want so that's the kind of people that i work with and if i understand right you have clients across 12 countries now yes yeah that's awesome and uh, how do you want to be contacted what's the medium what are your coordinates so link linkedin linkedin is my most authentic home just search for me shilpa kulshreth and you will find it and i respond to every message that i get fantastic thank you very much uh, for your time shilpa it was a very valuable conversation i learned a lot about coaching business most importantly i got to understand the ups and downs of your journey that gives me also a lot of inspiration in the journey that i am on with this podcast and other things that i am doing so thank you for your time thanks asan i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation thank you for listening to the empowering indian experts podcast with your host asan ali hope you found some inspiration and specific strategies that you can start implementing straight away For me my biggest takeaways were it's not worth continuing to live in mediocrity knowing very well that we have much more potential everybody should have a coach it helps us avoid wasting time money can be replenished but time cannot be i also learned the steps to build a career coaching business in fact i can apply these insights in building any other business having like minded people in the journey is crucial and finally i also liked her goal setting approach of first generating income just to cover monthly expenses then replace salary income and then raise the bar to 700k rather than having a big goal from day 1 and getting paralyzed thinking about how to achieve it 
uh, breaking into small pieces and achieving it and then getting the confidence to take it to the next level is what she did so i really like that let me know what were your key takeaways and uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me if you are not happy with the status quo and keen to play a bigger game i may be able to assist you myself or connect you with someone who has already gone the path you want to take